The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. Let's go, baby! Are you ready for a break? Uh, yes. Are you ready for a break? Absolutely. Ready for a break? Yeah, and um, so much for that. It's time for The Break on DallasCowboys.com. We were on a break! With Nick Eatman, David Hellman, Ambar Garcia, and Derek Eagleton. Tuesday, November 21st, 2017, season 13, episode number 79. Welcome to another edition of The Break, live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. I really thought 79 was yesterday. No, it wasn't. You want to go back and listen? No. This is the Chaz Green episode. I thought I thought about Chaz Green yesterday. You did? I thought you said that. I don't think it was. Okay. I'm sorry. For, for you guys scoring listen. at home, I mean, with the notebook and stuff like that, let us know. But I really think this is 80. You think? I do. Well, the 79th or 80th edition okay. of Thanks. the 13th season Compromise. of The Break. You happy now, Nick? Not really, because now the show's kind of derailed and it's my fault. Yeah. But let's get it back, driver. But that happens regularly, so you should be used to it by now. It's one of those things. It's not derailed. It's one of those things where it just hits those little bumps and you're like, oh, I better move over. You know what I'm talking about when you're driving. We just, we just can't start this show the right way. <laughs> no. Like it's we either- could at 930. What time? It's 9.30? I think if I was doing it by myself as a one-person show, or maybe if it was just me and Amber, I think we probably could. I think we could get off to a good start, and we could have a great conversation. Dave? Somehow. <laughs> <laughs> Somehow. That I'm sure there's something to do here on this short week. Because of you two. Okay, let's start again. Episode 79. <laughs> of The Break. I hate that voice. That's okay. I hate when you do that. All right. All right. Let's jump in. Let's. Uh, we got a lot to talk about. We're going to start with uh, some talk on injuries like of some people. of the players. Wow. Uh, and some of the players that, that may or may not be able to play on Thursday. Um, and then we're going to start our, our uh, talk about the, the Chargers. Dave's going to give us a scouting report. Um, Nick and Amber, maybe they'll chime in. Maybe they won't. We'll see. You never um, know. And then we'll, we'll uh, kind of dive into that. And I do want to spend a little time at some point today talking about where the Cowboys sit. I know normally we take a big picture look. So I do want to talk a little bit about where the Cowboys are relative to the other teams in the NFC, what their schedule looks like down the stretch. And I want to ask the question, to be honest with you, maybe this is a good time to do it. If I ask you guys the question right now, just your gut feel of whether you think the Cowboys can make the playoffs, what would you say? Let's start with you, Dave. Out. Can? Think they're out. Can make it? Oh, we'll make it. I'm sorry. Okay. We'll make, gut we'll make the playoffs. Gut feeling. Gut feeling. Out. Out. Amber, what do you say? Um, I mean, there's always hope, but I would say out. Nick. Hmm. I mean, certainly it looks like they're – I mean, they are out, and they're in, you look at the playoff picture, the only thing that gives me hope is their schedule. Right. They, their schedule coming down the stretch here, it looks like they, – they definitely have winnable games. I mean, they should win some of these games. But um, well, let's just they have to win them all. That's the problem now. Right. Let's and just that, take the conversation we just had off the air to the air then. I right. mean – uh, there's all the reason in the world, and I, I pat myself on the back. I said that last week. You lost this game. That's not ideal. You can still achieve your goals. You basically, I think you have to win the next three. You have to win the next three. You probably have to win the next four. You got to win the next six. You don't. Um, no, you can get. You can get in. I'm it. telling you, six. ten and six for the Cowboys is not going to be good enough. We'll see. Regardless, right. okay, let's worry about that when we get there. I know you have to win these next three against uh, three teams that are all below 500 by multiple games. 
you have to. Otherwise, it's not even a conversation worth having. You probably need to beat the Raiders, too, and then obviously you need to beat the Seahawks. Yeah, you probably do need to win them all. The problem is... <laughs> The no, the problem is just, and I said, you know, if they had tr- if they had traded blows with Philly and come up just short, I'd have an easier time having this conversation. But they've looked like garbage uh, for two straight weeks, and I know, you know, you'll you'll probably get Tyron Smith back in the lineup one of these days, and Dan Bailey will be back, but the margin of error is so slim. I mean, they lost games. They've lost several games with Tyron Smith in the lineup. Let's not act. And Zeke Elliott was there when Tyron Smith was in the lineup too, for that matter. So let's not act like that's this cure all. That's suddenly going to turn them back into a powerhouse. Um, so they lost, they lost to the Eagles. They lost to the best team in football right now. Mm-hmm. They lost to them. So but the, the point is, is that here come the chargers at four and six. You should win. I mean, there's no doubt about, it. I don't care. They're playing well, but, you should win the game on Thanksgiving. You should win. You you definitely could win. Just I'm just. You think they're just hands down a better team? I mean, they're one game. It doesn't better. matter about being better. I'm just saying. You, I mean, if you're going to do anything, but it needs to be now. So I'm just saying. I guess I. You, you definitely could win. And if they don't win, they'll play. It'll be because they played poorly. But I'm just saying they okay. they could win. It's not like they could play this great game and all. Oh, if they play do. their best game, they should win. That's what you're saying. Yes. Even their best game with. What a, with their second string guys because yeah. of injury, They'll, I still think if they right. can play their best game there. Same with the Redskins. Yeah, that's the same thing with the Redskins coming up in a week at the Giants. Same thing. Those two games are like they could easily lose, they could easily win because they're those division games. But there's no excuse of why they shouldn't win those games. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing: when you look at this, and I still, I still believe what I said last week. I believe losing that game to Philadelphia puts you in a situation where. It's it's not likely because what I think has to happen at this point, I think the Cowboys have to win out. Right now, you look at the NFC, you've got the Falcons, you've got the Panthers, you've got the Rams, and you got the Saints, um, and you got the Vikings and Eagles. Those are all the six playoff teams, right? And then still above the Cowboys are the Lions, the Seahawks, and the Packers. Now you can dismiss the Packers if you like. The one thing I will say about the Packers' schedule is they got a pretty light schedule the rest of the way. I think they got Cleveland in there somewhere. I think they got Cincinnati in there somewhere. Like they play teams that even with them not being full strength, they can win some of those games. Uh, but but here's but here's the mo- more important part. Oh, the Cowboys will beat the Bucks in 2015. The more important part is the Detroit Lions, who are sitting above you, but at one one game above you. They actually have a really easy schedule. They only have one team left with a winning record uh, of their six. That hurts, right? And then the a lot of the teams in NFC South are going to play each other. What you need is you need one of those, maybe two of those teams to completely fall off. Uh, what you don't want is them to beat each other up, and you get a win here, win there, and they're dividing the wins, but they all stay above you. All I'm saying is with all these teams that are sitting in front of you with manageable schedules down the stretch – Cowboys really got to go undefeated, in my opinion, because right now they're not winning any tie breaks uh, among these teams when they when you look at their well, tie breaks. Yeah. The, the tie breaks. When you lay it out like that. I mean, Atlanta's Atlanta looks like they're putting together a little roll, right? Carolina's there. New Orleans is still looking great. Which, well, I think if you're a Cowboys fan, I think you're rooting for the teams that are leading their divisions to just win, win. I mean, you know, you want the Saints going fourteen and two and dropping. You know, two losses on the Falcons, and, and they play losses. two games. Like they still have two games yeah. to play. Oh, that's what I'm saying. And that's the thing: you don't want them to split those games. Right. You want one of them to take control and beat the other one twice. So you're saying that all those fans that were cheering for Seattle to lose last night, they should have been cheering them for them to win. Yes, that's a, you want it. You wanted them to win to keep well, pushing Atlanta down. In my, opinion. I I think that's I don't I think that that game was a wash because somebody in the wild card hunt's getting a win either way. Wasn't a Walsh. 
Oh, wow. Wow. That's what I was <laughs> like, Bill Walsh, he died a long time ago. Yeah, okay. I got it. I got it. But if you want if you want to look if you want to look at the optimistic part of this, I think the thing to consider is of the next six games that the Cowboys have, think about this. Four of those games. The next four games, they don't play a game, a team with a winning record, and they have a better record than all those teams. So you got San Diego at four and six, you got Washington at four and six, you got New York, the Giants at two and eight, and then you got Oakland at four and six. Then you get Zeke back, right? Hopefully you got guys healthy at that point. And you have to play the two tough teams that you have to play. Now, mind you, you'll play Seattle. Uh, you'll get Zeke back, but you'll play Seattle. And Seattle right now is without Cam Chancellor, who's out for the season, and Richard Sherman, who's out for the season. That's a big. Those are big hits for them. Then you play Philly at, to end the season. If Philly, as we think, has wrapped up the division by then, they have nothing to play uh, for. Not true. What? I'm sorry. I, they, they'll have something to play for, I, I would imagine. If they have wrapped up everything they can wrap up, they probably are not going to play their their starters in the entire game, right? I just I just don't think they're going to have everything wrapped up. What do you think? They're nine and one. What do you think they'll still have to play for? They still got to lose those two games. You got to factor that in. Well, I'm just they're they're two games in front of the next best team in the in the league, right? right? So I mean, how many more wins do they need to lock up home field? Like two, three, probably well, probably four more. Honestly. I just. Or out of sense. Do they play anybody? They play the Vikings. Uh, I don't think I don't they do. Think so. Or the Saints. They don't play the Vikings or the Saints. They don't play anybody. They do play somebody that's in that top six. I do remember seeing that. But well, I don't I, I'm just saying, on. even if they're a game up on someone, let's say they're just one game up and they don't have the tiebreaker. I mean, they're they might have to play just so they can lock up the, the maybe the seed. So it's not just a given just because they're four games up in the division that they don't have anything to play for them because you know, they don't need to, they need. They don't want to be going to the Superdome for a playoff game or, you know, Minnesota, I guess, is a tough yeah. place to play. Either way, though, I think if you uh, – I guess the point I'm making is if you want to be optimistic about this, there's a, reason, there's a reason to be optimistic. There's enough here that says, okay, if the Cowboys can get on a roll here, which, like you said at the beginning, Dave, there's nothing that you saw last week that suggests they can get on this kind of roll. Right. But – they do. It looks like maybe they get some of these guys back this week. If they get some of them back, maybe that steadies the ship a little bit. And playing teams that are lesser than you, especially from the standpoint of their, their record, during these next four weeks while you're without Zeke, maybe you could steady this thing and you can actually get some wins and get on a roll, get your guy back, and here you go. You know, the nice thing is it, it's a cliche and we roll our eyes at football players, but like what other way is there to look at it than just one game at a time? You know, Anthony Hitchens last night in the locker room was like, we got to go one and oh before we can worry about the rest of that. Yeah. And it's a cliche for sure. But, you know, why why even why would I waste my time amping myself up about whether they can go on this run? Like they got to play a game in two days and if they lose it then we can really probably start talking about not making gotcha. Yeah, exactly. We can worry about other stuff. So, you know, play this one game. If they look good and they win and Tyron Smith comes back. and Not if they look good. If they win. Yeah, you're right. If they win. If they it. win. <laughs> if, if they, they win. win. And you're, you're, Tyron Smith's back. He's feeling better. That's another week for Same Sean Lee to work on his hamstring. Not going to look good and lose. Huh? They're not going to look good. Yeah, you don't, right. you don't look good and lose to a four and six. Three. Right. But, but, but there's a way that you can look bad. And still get a win. And right now, I'm not style pointing anything no, for this team. For sure, a win but is a win. I just, I my point being, we can worry about winning five in a row if they can win this one. Like, let me see what they look like <laughs> on a short week with all these injuries and all this stuff, and and we'll revisit that as we get ready for the Redskins. All right, so let's talk about these injuries. Yesterday, the Cowboys have a walkthrough, but during their walkthrough, 
Uh, it made the injury report look great. Like there was only one guy that missed practice. Everybody else was at least limited. You had Dan Bailey, who was limited, Malik Collins, Anthony Hitchens, Demarcus Lawrence, Tyron Smith. Uh, the only people um, that the only person that was out was Sean Lee, and then you had full practice for Jeff Heath, who missed last week with a concussion, and Jeff Swain. So although it was just a walkthrough, is that significant that those guys were at least limited, particularly guys like Anthony Hitchens and uh, Tyron Smith and Dan Bailey, who um, those two had been out, and then Hitchens had gotten hurt in the game. Well, what did they what did they say on the email? It's an approximation because it's a walkthrough, yeah, walk not a real practice. Um. Yeah, it's significant. And, you know, I don't I think by now we're all honest with ourselves that, you know, we're not always right. People listening to that know this. But we were on here yesterday morning saying, like, no way Hitchens will be right. right. Well, he looked horrible yeah. Sunday. Like, he, he did not look he's good. Playing. I mean, I, I think he's going to play or he's going to try damn hard. He's that they're not ruling him out. Dude, man. Yeah. Football players are crazy. That's we, really well, we saw him that, that what was that playoff game in Green Bay. Where he was just like he was, yeah. it looked like he was just. It took everything y'all in him to get out there, but he got out there to play. I mean, yeah, he's he, tough. He, he said it's tough his, dude, man. It the problem with his with his groin is it's small. It's so small that wow. they, they. Wow. All right. Really, <laughs> the muscle. I was thinking I wasn't gonna go there, but go ahead. F finish your. It's point. not. Nick, he's, it's barely a strain. That's basically it. Good. Like I mean, I'm not saying he's not in any pain, but it's not. You're not dealing with the type of thing that Tyron and Dan Bailey are dealing with. So. He's going to give it a go. It's just a pain issue is what you're saying. It sounds like. I mean, typically you don't see guys go out there if there's risk of re-aggravating re it, at least a significant risk. So it sounds like he's going to give it a go. Jerry Jones this morning ruled out Sean Lee. That's not good. But he did say that Hitch, Bailey, and um, Tyron all have a chance to play in this game. So are you at all concerned or do you guys get concerned about the possibility that a guy like Hitchens, because he is a tough guy, will push himself to play but may not be as effective, in which case it's probably better for him not to play. Or do you think the coaches would shut that down? I, I think you'll you'll see, you know, a couple plays here and there. And they'll see if he can't – if he's going to hurt himself or hurt the team, you know, they'll pull him out of there. And, and it's not – I don't think it's a situation where you're going to be sitting a linebacker that should be playing. Right. You know, it's it, it's one thing, and I remember it happening to Bill Parcells one time when this offensive tackle said he could go, he could go, he could go, and then pregame he said, I'm out, my back hurts. And then, you know, they didn't have anybody else after that. So, yeah, that can hurt you, but I don't think they're going to be – they're going to say, you sure you can go, Hitch? And then we're going to sit March Lillard down and then, you know. Yeah, I would, play. I would bet everybody – Everybody's up. Lee's up for this game from the linebacker standpoint. Yeah. All right. Um one other thing I wanted to make uh, get an update on Bailey. It sounded like he actually did some warm-ups before this last game, and uh, how did that go for him? He well, was... I talked to him a little bit in, in pregame, and he said I, – I mentioned it, and he goes, you guys saw that? He's like, man, I forget people are still in the building. Like, you know, like before the, yeah, like everyone's up there watching, you know. He was like, oh, well, he goes, it went pretty, it went pretty good. He's like, we'll see about this week. Uh, and how do you it, feel? I mean – he said it went fine, but I don't get the sense that if he needs to be able to come back and also kick off. I think kicking off is the it would probably be harder than than just the field goals, and so it's going to be a situation where how does he kick off and how does he feel doing that? Do we think that there's a possibility he could be back and ready to kick field goals, and they keep Nugent up as well to kick off? I bet uh, it's tough when you're inactive to keep two kickers active. Yeah, that's true. 
I mean, it sounded good when I first thought the same thing, and I was like, we're having a hard time just getting to seven. And and this week might be even more tough if you get guys like Tyron Smith back yeah. and you get Hitchens playing. And you want- now you got now your the number of guys that have to be inactive for injuries decreases. So you got some tough decisions to make. Plus, you want to protect yourself if those guys can't make it through the full game, right? I mean, Nugent's been what, seven of nine field goals. I, I don't know. Sit another running back. It's fine. They did it last week. Just sit Keith Smith or Rod Smith or No, you can't sit another one. Yeah. Just go with Morris. But McFadden has definitely got to sit. Like no, he, no. he's got no he's got to. He's got to sit. Definitely. <laughs> Sucks. <laughs> All right. Let's uh, tell you what, let's do this. Let's take our first break. When we come back, Dave's gonna give us a scouting report on the Chargers offense. Uh, this is an interesting bunch. We'll get into that when we come right back. This is DallasCowboys.com radio. It can be hard to find the right resource for learning about important financial matters. You search how to build savings, you end up reading about the one weird ingredient from supermarkets that can make you taller. That's why Bank of America built BetterMoneyHabits.com, a safe little corner of the internet for answering your financial questions. Full of simple videos and tips, Better Money Habits can show you how to make the most of your money without resorting to random searches that always seem to lead to unbelievable photos of childhood stars grown up. To learn more, visit BetterMoneyHabits.com. What does it mean to be a Dallas Cowboys fan? It means you've got the passion and the heart to do your part supporting the boys no matter what. That's why when the game's on the line, you're on your feet, whether you're at home or in the stands. Actually, you're more than a fan. You are a member of Cowboys Nation, and so is AT&T, doing their part to keep you connected to America's team all season long. AT&T is a proud member of Cowboys Nation. Ice cold Dr. Pepper and the Dallas Cowboys go way back. They belong together, like Texas in football, silver and blue, shotgun formations and Hail Marys. Having a Cowboys football party without Dr. Pepper is like having Thanksgiving without the Cowboys. Basically, we wouldn't recommend it. So next time you have a tailgate, home gate, or whatever else kind of gate, grab some ice-cold Dr. Pepper for you and your friends to enjoy. It's a Dallas Cowboys tradition. Dr. Pepper, the one you crave. To work this big land, you need equipment with values rooted as deep in Texas soil as you are. Like John Deere compact tractors with a six-year powertrain warranty and big features that help you work less so you have more time to do what you love. John Deere was first in the Texas fields, and we're proud to be on the field as the official ag and turf equipment of the Dallas Cowboys. Find Texas-sized deals at myjohndeerdealer.com slash football. Terms, conditions, exclusions, and warranty limitations apply. See dealer for details. Back to the break. Welcome back. It's the second segment of the break live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. We're about to talk about the Cowboys and the Chargers. They play on Thanksgiving Day this year, 335 kickoff. Is that right? I think it's 335 kickoff. Sure. Um, so make sure you guys check that out. Dave, give us a scouting report on this Charger offense. Well, I just gave you one off the air. I know. So. I wanted to warm you up, and I wanted to make sure you're going to give the people good stuff. Um, Sounds like it's going to be good stuff, so go. The Chargers are interesting to me just because um, – they're like in that in between where, you know, they have this Hall of Fame caliber quarterback who's nearing the end of his career. He makes them relevant because he's so good. And like the rest of this, it's like they're just throwing up stuff to try to help him out. Like, hey, we're trying to, you know, like Dirk Nowitzki, you know, just trying to make them competitive for his last few years in the league. Like, uh, they drafted, a, uh, for instance, they spend a lot of resources on the offensive line because Phillip Rivers has gotten killed over the years. So they drafted Forrest Lamp, 
who actually tore his ACL in training camp, which I wonder how much better they'd be because he got he got all of these comparisons to Zach Martin coming out. Like he was this badass tackle from Western Kentucky, and they were going to move him to guard, and he was going to be a pro bowler immediately. Hasn't played this year. Uh, they also drafted Dan Feeney who's a third-round pick, who's playing – I mean, he's starting and playing well for them as a rookie. They went and got Russell Okung uh, from Denver after he was let go there. So they pieced together this line to help Phillip Rivers. In the same vein, you know, Phil, what, Phillip Rivers is like 38 years old, 37 years old. Something like that. Like everybody else on his offense is like 23. Like they just drafted Melvin Gordon in the first round. This is his third season. Uh, they drafted Keenan Allen in 2013. This is his fifth season. Uh, they drafted Nick's guy, Hunter Henry, out of Arkansas. And I think this is his third season as well. Say Nick's guy, Hunter Henry. Is he on your fantasy team? No, I'm, I'm, I'm asking, like you said, four names there. Is that one person or two people? Nick Eatman, My our guy. guy. Hunter. Because he went to Arkansas. Oh, okay. I thought, okay, that's okay. You Got can't it. trust people with two first names. Yeah, you can't. Uh, so, yeah, but he went to Arkansas. That's Got my it. only point. He's. Got it. It's funny because um, – like Antonio Gate, like Antonio Gate, like he's going to the Hall of Fame. He's the guy you probably think about when you think of the Chargers. Like Hunter Henry has supplanted him. Like they use Antonio Gates in 12 personnel and not much else. He's got 130 yards. Interesting year. scenario, though. A Hall of Fame to be tied in, and then they drafted another guy, and he actually plays, and Gates is probably okay with it. I wonder how Gates feels about that. I, don't, I mean, Hunter Henry. It's becoming close to retirement, right? I mean, yeah. I mean, another maybe this year. Might Gates be, has been in the league longer than I know. Whitten, has a he not? Long time. Yeah, I don't know if it's that long, but I know it seems like he's been in the league forever. I want to say he was he, in the 2001 NCAA tournament. I know that. I want to say he came so in. Maybe he came in the league. No, 2002 2002 NCAA tournament. Maybe they Whitten came, got here in 03. They came right? in at the same, same time, time, probably. Yeah, but it seems like he's been around longer than Witten, but. Maybe it's just me. He's yeah. I mean, so regardless, uh, they drafted they drafted Mike Williams in the first round from out of Clemson. So many Mike Williams. I know. I know. Through the I NFL, yeah, he I don't know who that is. He's been injured. He, <laughs> Which one? He hasn't had a a ton of opportunity. So it's like they're piecing this thing together. You know, like the you know the Cowboys started with their offensive line and like built everything behind that, and then they added the running back. I, there's it's hard to find the method here like i just they're just like we got, we got to help philip just we'll year by year bring in things that we can use to help philip but like they're fine i think mostly because philip rivers is such a good quarterback but like you were telling me off the air like they're they're not really special at anything i mean they're 15th overall they're 13th in passing so even with philip rivers like they're not just chunking it away on people uh 247 yards a game melvin gordon He's having a decent career. I don't know that he's lived up to the hype of being as drafted as high as he was. He was the second guy taken after Gurley. I think he went 18th. Um, 94 rushing yards per game. They're 25th in the league. And 15th in scoring offense. So, And that's 22.1 points per game. So this is going to sound bad, but it they remind me a little bit of the Falcons in the sense that like they have a lot of talent, but they haven't. The, the results don't bear that out. And all the, I mean, obviously Atlanta beat the Cowboys by 20 points the other day, but the offense like didn't blow me away in that yeah. game. Right. I mean, they didn't just wipe them off the field by any stretch. Um, so there's the pieces there to be dangerous, especially when you have a guy like Phillip rivers, but we were arguing about this off the air. Like I don't see anything here that just really 
takes my breath away in terms of like things you can't handle. Like Keenan Allen is a very good receiver. I think I would argue that he's the worst number one receiver that the Cowboys have faced in the last little bit. I mean, you think about I totally drew a blank right Julio there. Jones. You think about yeah, you think about yeah. Julio Jones, you think about Alshon Jeffrey, you think about the the three or four guys that Washington has, Crowder, Doxon, um, the tight ends and over there, Zach Ertz for Philly. I, I mean, Hunter Henry's good, but he's not on that level. He, he's not on the Travis Kelsey level. Uh, there's not a guy here with speed like Tyreek Hill. Um, there's just not a guy that I just scares me where I'm like, oh my God, they just absolutely can't deal with this guy. I mean, I know Keenan Allen's good, but I just, I don't know that he's on that freakish level. He's got 700 yards and five touchdowns this season. Um, so is there a receiver on the Cowboys have 700 yards? No. Right. I, I'm asking. I don't know. No, no. It's, I don't know what, I don't know what Dez has, but it wouldn't I be that. I think he's at 500, but not a whole lot more than that. So in lieu of all that, <sighs> and with the fact that we know Sean Lee's not going to play, the thing that scares me is their running backs. Cause Melvin Gordon is a good player. I know I just said they're 25th in the league in rushing offense, but I mean, that doesn't matter when we've seen the Cowboys perform the way they have against some of these running games without Sean Lee. And the other one is this kid, Austin Eckler, who I don't know if you've been paying attention to the Chargers, but he is having uh, a breakout year as like their, you know, he's their new Darren Sproles. He's, he catches it out of the backfield. They get and he would hit. as a runner. Yeah, no, absolutely. He's, he's that type of third down guy. He had, I think he's got something like 200 receiving yards and, and three receiving touchdowns, all three of which I believe came in the last two games. Um, so, yeah, and if Sean Lee was playing this game, it probably wouldn't bother me a whole lot, but he won't be there. We we know that right now. And so that that's what I'm watching. Between Gordon running the ball and, and what Brandon Oliver and Austin Eckler can do as receivers, that worries me a lot. So you said that there's nothing really special about them. Talk to me about what they did last week, because obviously last week they scored a ton of points. Keenan Allen had a, a phenomenal day with 12 catches, 159 yards, two touchdowns. What did they do last week that you saw that, that made them so prolific offensively? I can uh, answer that, that without even looking at the game. I was, I was, well, six turnovers, right? Well, in the interest of full disclosure, thank you, short week. The all 22 of Bill's Chargers is not up yet. I had to watch old games of them because it usually oh, takes gotcha. them like a yeah. day to turn that yeah. around. I haven't seen the all 22 of that game, but I think they were plus six in turnover differential, which in the NFL. That helps. In the NFL, like. <laughs> two of them were touchdowns. Yeah. I mean, so. At the risk of, you know, I mean, just at the risk of just like explaining away something that mag of that magnitude. But in the NFL, if you were plus five or six in turnover, I'd almost throw that game out. Cause that's like, that doesn't happen. And when Can't it win like that too. Yeah. When, yeah. When it does happen, the other team loses by 30 or 40 points. So, um, I look at, I mean, I look at that mainly as taking advantage of a young quarterback playing horribly in his first start. And then obviously, you know, I think once you get behind the the ball like that, once a team gets behind by two or three scores, then your offense is just kind of doing whatever it wants. So when you match up against this Cowboys defense um, and what the Cowboys defense does well, front four, uh, what they do not so well at times, tackling from the linebacker position, maybe some the the, the play in the, the secondary, what do you think their matchup issues, either good or bad for the Cowboys? Well, I think – I think the the passing game matchups are are favorable. Like I said, I mean, 
Like it's one of those things where now I regret saying it because I'm not trying to say Keenan Allen's not a good receiver, but I do think there's less here that you have to worry about than in other matchups. I mean, there are other, you know, they have Tyrell Williams, who they got as an undrafted free agent. Uh, I think they would probably prefer that Mike Williams is their number two, but he's just not on that level yet where the, where he's ready for that type of snap count. And then uh, and then you have Travis Benjamin, who in the games I watched, he he's their lucky whitehead. Like I think that guy or a fast guy. He's like they only run into rounds with him. Like okay. that's like the only thing that he does. Uh, and to, he's fast, so he yeah. gets yards on him, which that's something to watch for. But I, he's not like this true receiver that's running all these routes. Um, and and like I said, Hunter Henry is a good player, but we've seen them have success against Ertz and Kelsey. I think between Byron Jones and now that Cheeto Ouzier is healthy, I think you can probably keep that down a little bit. Like I said, the thing that worries me is Melvin Gordon running, and then all three of these running backs catch passes. Um, they ran a lot of screens against that Jaguars defense, which has been so good against the run this year since they got Marcel Darius in that trade. Uh, they're just aggressive. Like I think Gordon probably caught six screens in that game. Like I said, this kid Eckler goes out wide. Like he's Danny Woodhead, absolutely. He he or Darren Sproles when Darren Sproles was there, which was a decade ago, which is crazy. But um, all of that stuff worries me when you consider that Sean Lee won't be there and Anthony Hitchens won't be a hundred percent. I mean, yeah, I think you're gonna have a hard time keeping those guys down. The one thing that I think stood out the most to me when I looked at this offense was. They don't get sacked very much. Phillip Rivers doesn't get, doesn't get sacked very much. They're third in sacks allowed in the NFL with only giving up 12. That's a pretty good number. And that, when you when you look at the matchup, that's something the Cowboys typically do well, but may not. that may be neutralized a bit because you're playing a team and a quarterback that tends to not take very many sacks. It's funny because it, I don't think of the, – the, the, their offensive line certainly isn't bad, but they're not like these road graders. You know, like they're not just unbelievable – and Philip Rivers is not Tony Romo in his, right. you know, but like he gets away from pressure. Like he just kind of shuffles around back there and moves up in the pocket. Tom Brady like he's he's I mean, he's been doing it long enough that he just knows how the, the pocket works. He knows how to get away from stuff, but like he doesn't look amazing doing it like he Eli. Yeah, I mean, good. Yeah, Eli doesn't take a lot of sacks. Yeah, Philip Rivers looks like an old man like and I mean you know, in NFL terms, like he just look like he looks like a guy who's been playing football for a long time, but he knows the little tricks of the trade to help him get out of situations without having to be Russell Wilson. Yeah. All right. We're going to take some questions. You guys give us a call. Numbers 214-872-2102. Again, 214-872-2102. You can also hit us on Twitter at Cowboys Break. Uh, let's get a question first from Twitter. What do you have, Amber? Well, can I speak? Before that, can I throw in my own comments? Yeah, I thought you guys didn't have one. I'm sorry. Well, no, I was going to say I didn't do my homework. Like, I knew Dave was going to have a great detailed scouting report. But this team, it doesn't matter. Honestly, I don't I don't care about the Chargers. I, don't, I haven't been following up with what they're doing. They're not that impressive to me. But aside from that, I just don't think... Honestly, it matters whoever the Cowboys are facing at this point. I'm more concerned about themselves, what they're doing, the guys that they're going to have available. Are they going to make those um, changes, those adjustments after halftime? Um, I don't think the their defensive line is going to struggle this week. I think they'll play better than what they did last weekend. 
um, David Irving, I would assume they wouldn't really limit him like we saw last game. He, I think they're going to connect and do a better job. Even if they're not getting sacked, I think they'll be able to put some pressure there. But all in all, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter who they're facing, honestly. Welcome, welcome to the podcast studio, Jason Garrett. We're really happy <laughs> to have you here. Nameless, faceless opponents. <laughs> hey, control you can control. It's all about what we can, can do. I mean, get themselves fixed, and then they'll be fine. It's, it's not a bad point. I mean, it's really not a bad way to look at this when you when you think about the teams that they're going to play. Because again, these are not teams that are great. So if you do what you're supposed to do, if you take care of your own business, you should be able to win. That's a lot. A lot of these teams. I right? think that's a logical fallacy because this team isn't great either. Like you tend to think about. Understood. Understood. But but all these teams, and you could probably say the same thing for the Chargers. Like I'm sure the Chargers look at it and say, if we just fix this, this, and this, the Chargers, we are can like, win uh, any one of these games, they've, right? Yeah, they've lost. I mean, they've lost sixty what sixty one to to sixteen the last two weeks. Like we can beat these guys. They yeah. don't have it, half their good players. Right. That's and that's I mean. Maybe they get Tyron and and Bailey and Hitchens back on the, but like they're not going to be fixed. Like they're not because they're the players aren't going to be fixed, or the team's the not. Gonna team's be fixed. not going to be fixed. It's not going to be the ideal version of right. what you want. I mean, they don't have Zeke, they don't have Lee. They're not going to be fixed. They're just going to be trying to patch this thing together. So, yeah, and and I doubt they're going to have another game like they did this past weekend. Talking about the Chargers, but. It, uh, as far as turnovers, you look at the way that Dak is throwing and not really connecting with the receivers, whether it's on him or on the receivers. It's still a big issue right there. And we'll see how it goes, but psh, whatever. This you, the Nihilistic Amber over here. She's like, nothing matters. The one thing I will say about that, though, Amber, is it's hard for me to see a scenario where the offense fixes its problems on a short week. Um, exactly. So I, I think if they're going to win this game, I don't know if it's going to be because they get better as much as it's going to be that the things that they've been doing well, they continue to do well and they do. And those things just continue like the running game. If the running game can be a little bit better than it was last game, because it was, as Dave said yesterday, it was OK. Right. If it can be a little bit better, if the defense can actually hold for a full game, which you're thinking against an offense like this, maybe they can hold the full game and actually hold them a lot closer than what they did with Philadelphia and, and maybe replicate what they did in the first half against Philadelphia through most of the game against San Diego. I think that's how they have to win. I don't think offensively they're going to score a ton of points because that's just not what we've seen in the last two weeks, and I don't think there's anything that's going to change that right now on a short week. But, you know, I mean, we've seen them do certain things that do work, and then they don't do it again. So that's the thing. It's like, okay, are you going to take this time, this little amount of time that you have available to actually look at, go back and see what has been working and try to do more of those things instead of – that's the one thing I don't get. Like if you see something working, why don't you keep trying to do that instead of switching it up? And then when you need them to switch it up, they don't switch it up. So we'll see. <laughs> what? It's like they're just guessing wrong. Sometimes coaches do that. They overthink themselves. Like, we're, we've run this too They know ways. we're going to do this. No, they, they're they're on to us. They know we're going to run this. They know that we know that they know. Instead of making <laughs> them actually stop it before you yeah. stop it. Yeah. That's true. All right. Let's take our uh, let's take our first break. I mean, our final break. I'm sorry. We'll come back. We will get some questions. The number's 214-872-2102. Hit us on Twitter at Cowboys Break. 
This is The Break. Cowboys fans know that the second best of anything simply won't cut it, and your skincare should be no different. A longtime locker room favorite of the players and the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Dallas-based Jack Black, is the number one best-selling men's skincare brand in the country because we make products that help guys look, smell, and feel better. Visit GetJackBlack.com Cowboys to get $10 off your first order of $50 or more. Jack Black. Look good. Smell good. Feel good. Official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys. Star Sports Tours is the only official fan travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys, offering exclusive game weekend travel packages with sideline access and photo ops with current players, alumni, and cheerleaders. That's not all, though. You'll get to talk X's and O's with Senior Director of Player Personnel, Will McClay, and of course, with yours truly, me, Brian Broaddus. You can trust the official fan travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys, and with us, you'll travel like a pro. Visit CowboysTravel.com to book your travel package today. I hear all this talk about what it takes to be a cowboy. Everyone's got their ideas, but I just say to myself, it's what's up top that matters. Sure, you need men with the muscle and heart to get her done, but if your scouts and coaches are listening out there, a word of advice. Pick the man with the most well-worn Stetson. That's the one most cut out to be a cowboy. Stetson hats are handmade right here in Texas and have been on cowboys' heads for over 150 years. The rest of you can visit stetson.com cowboy to find a retailer nearest you. What does it mean to be a Dallas Cowboys fan? It means you've got the passion and the heart to do your part supporting the boys no matter what. That's why when the game's on the line, you're on your feet, whether you're at home or in the stands. Actually, you're more than a fan. You are a member of Cowboys Nation, and so is AT&T, doing their part to keep you connected to America's team all season long. AT&T is a proud member of Cowboys Nation. Back. To the break. Final segment of the break live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. Nick. It's getting to be the holiday season. Christmas is around the corner and everyone loves presents. Everyone loves packages. Tommy John has a way of making your package look the best (laughs) with their supportive underwear that's out there. It feels great. Has a way to make it look good, too. Shop exclusive Cowboys underwear at TommyJohn.com forward slash Cowboys for 20% off your first order. TommyJohn.com forward slash Cowboys. Season of giving. Thank you, Nick. Appreciate that. Get your Tommy John for Christmas. Here we go. All right, let's uh, let's jump into some questions. The number is 214-872-2102. You can also hit us up on Twitter at Cowboys Break. Let's take a call from Floyd in Virginia. Floyd, what up? Hey, guys. Hey. Hey, uh, Floyd. Derek. Yes, sir. Alpha Chapter 76, appreciate it. You what? I'm sorry? Alpha Chapter 76. Oh, all right, Doc. Rue. <laughs> all right. Um, the reason we're, we're having this bad luck streak is it's all Dave's fault. Dave <laughs> has been wrong. He said nobody watches the show. Saving I've that. seen him in the hoodie. That's fair. He said, nobody, <laughs> he, he, said he was wrong with That's Zeke, fair. and Zeke didn't show up. But seriously, guys, this is, do you I, think it's, it's yeah, it the fair. defense or the offense that's really our problem? Because on offense, we won't leave the system. We won't go short routes to Dez. We won't run wide. But on defense, our safeties are always late. Byron Jones is always chasing. Uh, Jeff Heath, the fastest man on the team, is always there a step late. What is it, offense or defense? All right, appreciate the call, Floyd. Oh, it's... I always lean toward offense, and like I don't know how many times I can say it. I just for whatever. Obviously, you want the defense to be better, but 
they are what they are, and they're not a unit that's going to win you games. That about expectations? Like, yeah, absolutely. The expectation going into season was offense has to carry you because that's the better the expectation of the is that your offense is a machine full of pro bowlers, and your defense is not. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, well, that's I mean, that's you, you always can't have a, a defense on. with a philosophy of bend but don't break, and then it's what's going to happen. Your your safeties are going to be a step slower up to the to the stop the run because. They're playing in, you know, Fort Worth. I mean, they're they're all, they're not going to give up a deep ball back there. So they, sometimes they do, but it's rare. I mean, for the most part, they're playing back there. Then when it's the line, I, I think it's more of a situation of missing Sean Lee and those linebackers not being there. And all, now you're you're asking where your safeties are, but the safeties are making sure that you're not getting beat deep. So, I mean, I'm not I'm not saying the safety play has been good. It hasn't. I'm just saying you have to give up something, and the Cowboys make sure they don't give up big plays and when that happens your safeties are going to be a little bit late to get up there if your linebackers and defensive line are not making the plays at the line of scrimmage how much better do you think the defense would be if barry church was still here like he was a real i think we had an argument in the spring where i i mean he's a really good player he's not a great player he's like as good as you can be without being pro bowl caliber which, I mean, how much of a difference does that guy make on this defense? Well, everybody would slide down one spot, which I think makes a difference, right? If, if yeah. Jeff Heath is out there for only, you know, I don't know how many less snaps, but you know, let's assume 30 25. less snaps. Like, it cuts his snaps in half. We know that Jeff Heath is in position and makes plays when he gets limited opportunities. He can give up some, too, but he'll make a few plays for you. So you put him out there a little bit. It's like J.J. Wilcox. His final year here was his best year here. He was not a guy that was out there every play. He was a guy that was out there in limited opportunities, but he made a few plays. And I think that's kind of the same thing with Jeff Heath. I'd rather see Jeff Heath in that kind of role. And so from that standpoint, I think it makes a big difference uh, on top of the fact that I think, you know, they, they, I think they could use a little more veteran leadership in that unit. And I think Church could have provided that. I think they're now for the money. I don't blame no. the Cowboys for not a, signing him because I don't know if he was worth that amount of money for this team. He's the guy – either him or Carr would be the guy that I would have liked to keep the most, and he was the most expensive. So, right. like, I don't look at that as this missed opportunity. It's just like you can't afford to pay that It was guy doable there. to keep right. Carr. With the price that Probably. he got up there, it was yeah, doable to Probably. do that. I don't know if it was doable to do to keep to keep Church. I think their run defense would be better with that. Like, with the amount of games that Sean Lee has missed, I don't think it would be great, but I think it would be better. That's a good point. Barry was still here, too. But that's hindsight. That's All right, let's take a question from Twitter. With the run game looking serviceable and Tyron potentially coming back, what can this offense do to improve the passing game? What would you guys possibly you know, want to see? What's really interesting to me is they asked Garrett about that, and, you know, like – it's a frustrating thing to figure out because, I mean, even watching the tape, you're like, okay, like, is the receiver open? Is Dak not seeing that? Like, it's hard to even look at all 22 and be like, why exactly isn't this working? Like, it's not as obvious as, like, he's just running down the middle of the field wide open. Like, it's not that easy. But there aren't wide open guys. He's just I mean, missing. Oh, don't get me wrong. Like, that has happened at points during the season. But it's just it's not that obvious when you're sitting down to, like, watch these games. But anyway, we asked Garrett about this last night, and like his entire answer was just about protection. It was about Tyron Smith not being in there. And I know Tyron Smith is great, but considering all the things that went wrong in the passing game, from drop passes to bad accuracy to bad decision-making, 
uh, for Garrett to basically spend 40 seconds saying that much of it is attributable to Tyron Smith was really interesting to me. Was that also maybe because what they think they saw was a quarterback who had been brutalized so much the week before that last week he was feeling and seeing things that maybe weren't there when it comes to the pass rush. Not only that, but I think, and, and you know, I don't think it's mean or harsh to say this, like Dak's a second-year quarterback. Right. He's not at the point where he's going to make his reads that quickly. Like, he needs that extra half second to full second that Tyron Smith gives him. And if you want to get into that bar room debate about, oh, he's not elite. Like, no, he's not elite. He's a second-year player. Like, it's not a, it's not wrong or insulting to Dak Prescott to say that he needs that supporting cast to be at his best. In his second year, yeah. And he hasn't had it. Uh, and, you know, again, to draw that comparison to Russell Wilson, I think that's really fair. Gosh, Russell was so good. Well, he needed that. He needed that when he was young. He yep. needed Marshawn Lynch, and they had a much better offensive line at Their that time. Their defense was killer. Like yeah. the defense shut people down. So he just had to not mess and now, up. In year six or seven, however long he's been in the league, he's out there doing that crap. Like he's unbelievable to watch. Yeah. And you know the fact that Dak needs that right now at the age of twenty four doesn't mean that he can't become a quarterback on that level later. But he needs that right now. I do think that this team needs to throw the ball down the field a lot more. Um, even if it's not the, the, a high percentage play, I, I think that they need to, to scheme plays for Bryce, Terrence, Dez, whoever, get, get them down the field. I mean, I mean, not just one of those when the play breaks down, throw it down the field. I'm talking about get it protected, stand up, and then let Terrence go streaking down 45 yards down the field. Because what that'll do, even if you don't make it, what that'll do, it'll just push the safeties back. And it will open up the middle for the plays they want to throw Dez underneath. But they never show that they're going to throw a deep, ever. I mean, everybody else in the league is, is testing these corners for the Cowboys a couple of times, few times during the game. They never do it. I know Bryce can go deep. You know Terrence can go deep. So I don't know why they don't do that. It, it opens up more things, in my opinion, for the rest of the game. Is it selective memory on my part? And I know, I mean, I know what you're going to say because you want him to get this fast receiver. But like, these guys don't throw the ball outside the numbers. Like, is, that's not a thing that the Cowboys have been doing with any real regularity this season, right? I mean, you saw they tried the 50-50 balls to Dez in the early going, and it, it hasn't been working. And it just seemed like they don't do it. But there's we really changed no that that term. What? You know, because to me, flipping a coin is 50-50. Like, pulling a card, red or black, that's 50-50. But the 50-50 ball to dead, like, that's no longer 50-50. He doesn't get, get it. 70? 25, 75. I mean, seriously, like, he's not going, he's not getting the ball 50% of the time. Yeah. It used to be 70-30 in his favor. Right. But I'll, I'll, I'll ask, answer your question with a question. Do they do anything in the passing game with regularity? Like, there is no – it seems like to me there's no consistency. Because I'll say, yeah, two games ago they had that deep pass to Bryce that was outside the numbers, but they don't do that consistently. Yeah. Um, they, you, you're you would think about. You would think that maybe that dig route to, to Dez or slant route to Dez would be consistent, but it's not. Like, they'll do it one game, and then another game they don't do it as much. That's what Amber was just saying. What? How they do, the Cowboys do things and then all and of they a sudden – don't go back to them? Yeah. I just don't think they have any consistency in their passing I think they've only played, to my memory, maybe two games where their passing game actually looked consistent. Hasn't wasn't only Kansas City. It looked it looked pretty good against Kansas Kansas City. City. It looked pretty good against Green Bay. Um, 
there was somebody else in there. Well, definitely not Washington. And I'm not even saying looks good or looks bad. I'm saying more that they do something consistently. Like they say, this we know we can do. Like there is nothing like that I would for argue, this offense other than the running game. The I running would, game is what they do. I would argue that they can consistently find Dez on the slant slash post. Will he catch it? I mean, like, I'm it, just playing. Well, it's funny because Dez is good for six catches and 60 yards, like almost every week. Every week. It's yeah. just, it's not enough, and it's not what we've gotten used to seeing, and it's not coming in the red zone. And there's not a lot of plays that, are, that where he's breaking tackles to actually yeah. turn it into more. Like they'll, like Dak will find Dez on a slant twice a game. It's just, but it just hasn't, it hasn't been enough to lead to more or better results. He's not, you know, obviously he's not. Terrell Owens, but you know, T.O. was the type of guy that would catch it over the middle like that and just he would just break through tackles. He was really good after the catch. And Dez, we haven't seen that out of Dez. Uh he is lately or the last couple of years, really. Yeah. Just just really breaking tackles and just you know, because we say that like I want Dez back there in the open field for the punt return. But you know, they're giving him some plays in the open field here and on the offense, and he's not really taking advantage of it. It broke my heart that he couldn't get away from Darby on that. Like that, he's been That's so play. he's been so good at it. He scored. He's scored at least. And I watched all his touchdowns a couple summers ago. He's scored at least five on that play of his. You know, fifty-six career touchdowns. Five or six of them have been on just that bubble screen. Beat a, soon, beat a corner. And Zach's got to get that ball up too, though. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. There are that, a lot of plays where the ball's down low. Yeah, it's it's they're catchable balls, but he could make it a lot easier on his receiver. No doubt about it. You wonder, you, I mean, he's got two guys that are Smurfs out there, you know, <laughs> that he's got to throw are it you, to. Are you trying to say he's now accustomed to just throwing low because he's got little well, receivers? Well, I'm just saying. On behalf of Smurfs everywhere, <laughs> I don't appreciate that. <laughs> I'm just saying there are a couple of guys on the team that he, you can't throw it high, you know. And, and there was one to Beasley. I've seen YouTube videos of him dunking. So he can get up in the air. Okay, the one yes. where he didn't jump. Beasley can jump at all, but like th- that ball was like that was one of the worst throws of Dak's night. Like that. Just- <laughs> it actually was a pass to Beasley. There we go. That was a. That he was- didn't think so. Beasley was just like, mm, I'm not going for that. That was- I thought it was high. I- it I was, it was really high. high. Like I didn't think he had a shot at that ball. I uh, like that would like that would have been a dunk of all dunks. That and would have been like a Shaq Thunder dunk if yeah. he had gotten up there. And I know he was there are several Did it land there. in the suites? I mean, you're making it sound like it was like It was I it was, I, I, I would I think you should go watch that again. It was several feet above his head. It was pretty high. Yeah. I don't, Give I don't some effort. Catch, jump catchable. for it. You just want to jump for it just for the sake of jumping for it. Get your Van Halen on. Hmm. Jump. This guy's this, He needs to stay off of tw- Twitter. Yeah, it's getting it's just getting bad over there. Oh my god! Okay, here's a comment from Twitter. Cowboys got oh, rid of Claiborne because he couldn't stay healthy. Maybe they need to do the same with Sean Lee. Thoughts on that crazy comment? That, that's a love the fans, but that's a dumb question, and it's a dumb comparison because it. That's not why they got rid of Mo Claiborne. It's not because he wasn't staying healthy. It's because he wasn't very good. He wasn't very good when he was healthy. He was okay, and he was a high draft pick that you thought maybe he's going to turn it around. And his his injuries hurt his consistency, but he wasn't playing at an all-world level. And when he wasn't in the game, you didn't see a huge difference. Sean Lee, 
unfortunately for the Cowboys, is just he he plays so great when he's out there, and when he's not, he is missed more than any. So it's really tough to say we're going to let you go because they need him so, so bad. On top, well, just think of the numbers. Morris Claiborne was on his rookie deal. The Cowboys didn't pick up his fifth-year option, probably because of his injury options. They let him walk away at no cost to them when his rookie deal was over. Sean Lee is signed through, I want to say, at least two, if not three more seasons. And, and to cut him would be to hurt your salary cap and you'd wind up paying him you'd wind up paying the best player on your defense not to play for you and And as frustrating as it might be for him to get hurt often i'd still rather have him on the payroll and available to play when he's healthy than pay him not to play here i i need to look at these numbers again but i think adding in this season and how much he's missed already this season since he got that contract Three years ago, maybe? That was like five years was it ago. Five years ago? It was, tw- it was before the 2013 season. He's probably lost a total of about $4 million because of the way they structured it. Yeah. They structured it to if you're healthy, you're going to make this. If you're not healthy and you miss games, you're going to get this, and it's not going to be a great deal. It's not going to be an elite linebacker deal. He's lost a combined about $4 million, if not more. Because he has missed, so the Cowboys protected themselves within this type of you know situation. None of, and for the record, none of that's to say like you have to stick your head in the sand about the situation. Like even with with Sean Lee and Jalen Smith under contract for the foreseeable future, I still think linebacker is a huge need for this team in 2018. It's absolutely something. Whether you re-sign Anthony Hitchens or get another linebacker in here or draft somebody. It's absolutely something you have to do to ensure yourself against the future, but you're just creating problems for yourself from a talent standpoint and a money standpoint by trying to get rid of Sean Lee. Like, it just doesn't make sense. Yep. Let's get a call from uh, Horace in Atlanta. Horace, what up? Hey, what's up, guys? Hey, I wanted to take you to task, Nick, on a couple of things that you said um, the past couple of days and actually last week, too. Like, you know, Anthony Brown has been an okay – he's been a fill-in. He's not a good cornerback. He said that last week that he was good. Derek asked you about that. He has given up more than half of the touchdowns that have been thrown to receivers. He's been the culprit. He's been the person that they've picked on. And that's not a good cornerback to me, somebody who gives up half the touchdowns. Second, you know, you said Dak was – not as good as Wentz, and I think Derek was correct. They have switched their roles. They lost Lane Johnson last year, and you can see a difference in how they played versus how they played this year. Now, I know they lost Peters this year, but they also learned from that, and their tackle got better so that when they did lose a, uh, a perennial pro bowler, that they were able to adjust. The Cowboys haven't needed to adjust to anybody except Free, who's always been mediocre. But, you know, we, we got somebody better in Collins, but we've never had to adjust to a, losing a Tyron Smith, who is really arguably one of the best tackles in the entire NFL. So it's kind of hard to fill that spot. So I wouldn't say that that – I mean, because, you know, you wouldn't say that Phil Sims was better than Troy Aikman when they lost those two games when uh, Emmitt Smith sat out, you know, so you can't say that Dak is not as good as Wentz. I wouldn't say that at all. But I do want to know one thing. Can Charles Tapper come back? Because I'm really tired of seeing Taco out there just give me one tackle a game. He has – him and Tapper and, and Taco have the same amount of sacks, and Taco has five more tackles. 
that he does. And that's just ridiculous. All right, thanks for the call. Thank you. Thank you. I hadn't thought about Charles Tapper in a while. Yeah, I kind of dismissed him. Who are you? Within the uh, within, like I mean, like just in terms of the rules, like you could bring him back, but I just I don't think his. When injury, would that be available? Like, I thought he was out for that's the, his injury. The whole his injuries just he no, like he could come back if he were healthy, but he won't be healthy in time. Like I don't, he's, I got he's done in his eight weeks on yeah. the IR return. He's been on IR long enough that he could come back. He's just you. not ready to come back. Yep. All right, let me let me address this since I've been taken to task. Uh, Anthony Brown. Um, I think that he, if I said he is good, I, I mean, he, there's been times where he has been pretty good. Um, but, he, you know, I thought he was good against Kansas City for sure against against Tyreek Hill. I thought he had a really nice game there. He's a, he's the fastest cornerback that you've got on the team. Uh, do they need to upgrade from him? Sure. If he was your fourth corner, that would be great. Um, now that he, he's your third corner, and that's not that's not you know where he probably needs to be, but I think for his development, where they drafted him, the the skill set that he has about his speed, I mean he he's good enough to be on on the team. I'm not saying that you're you're set because you you have Anthony Brown. Um, I mean if you didn't watch the game Sunday, I'm sorry. I mean Wentz is better than Dak. I don't know how you can really say if, if you want to say that all this stuff about who was missing on that's fine. But I'm just talking about from a skill set right now, Carson Wentz is a better quarterback than Dak. He was better in the draft. That's why one guy's taken in the fourth round, one guy's taken second overall. It's just it's just the way that that it is. I mean, I don't I, I, I love Dak. I think Dak's a really great, great quarterback, and I don't think I would even trade for him for, for Wentz. I'm just saying it's pretty obvious that I think Wentz is better. And yes, he's got he's got he's got some uh weapons around him. But I mean Dak I mean, Dak has weapons. I mean, Dak has some players here. These these wide receivers are supposed to be good. He doesn't make the throws that Wentz does. Wentz has a better thrower, and from a mobility standpoint, it's not that much of a difference. Dak is probably a more mobile player, but it's not that much of a difference as their pocket presence and their arm strength. And, I mean, their accuracy throwing the ball to me. That's not a knock on – I mean, Dak, okay, Wentz, Wentz is one of the best young quarterbacks – in the NFL, like that was a great pick for Philadelphia. He's going to be there for a long time. Um, Sims and Aikman, like, like really, like that's a real comparison that they never were on the same sentence ever, ever. Sims and Aikman, not even, not even comparable. I think the point of what he was saying with that though is that when Emmett was out, the fact that they didn't win while Emmett was out, you can't make the claim. You can't ding listen, Aikman for listen, that. Listen, I, I said in week two. I said in week two, and they got beat uh, by twenty-five points. I said it. I said Dak Prescott. That's my guy. Like this guy, he could play for me any day. And they got beat. They they didn't play well. Zeke was there, sort of, in that game against Denver. I mean, like, but I said it. Like even with a loss, I'm not talking about wins and losses. I'm just talking about what what they did. I thought Dak showed you a lot that game. And I think the Cowboys have a great quarterback for years to come. I wouldn't trade him for anybody in the division, anywhere, anything. I think that that's great. So all I'm saying is is that Carson Wentz at this point is a more developed quarterback. And if that's not the case, 32 teams aren't going to let him go for four full rounds while this guy went number two overall. I mean, of course he's more polished right now. But that doesn't mean that he can't give you some things. And, you know, when you surround him with better players – 
this, I mean, it'll be a great battle for years to come. But I mean, wouldn't we all agree Wentz is a little bit further along than Dak? I think for different reasons. Like, I don't know if the draft at this point, the draft doesn't matter to me because they get that wrong all the time. Quarterbacks get drafted at the top of the draft and aren't very good. But I will say that just the way they're performing this season, you look at some of the throws that Wentz makes, you look at, you look at how he's able to escape pressure um, and create the situation where teams are even, like when they get to him, they're still not getting him down. Um, I think from that standpoint, he Wentz, based upon that to me right now, is playing better than Dak. I still don't know if I say one is definitively better than the other. I just think he's playing better this year. He's having a phenomenal year. He's probably going to be league MVP if he keeps this up. That's how good of a season he's having. Yeah. I think there's a little bit of selective memory going on there. Like, Dak, Dak has had those moments this season as well. Like, go back to – and there are games that – As consistently as Wentz? Probably not. And that's, that's my well, point. No, and, and Dak has fallen out of the MVP rate. Like, you know, that was an argument you could have made a month ago. You can't make it anymore, especially after these last two games. That Dak was an MVP candidate? I think – like, he was trending toward being there, yeah. Especially if they had weathered this – Oh, yeah. If they had weathered this storm better, obviously. If, yeah. I said a month ago. Yeah, but he was he was absolutely he was playing his numbers were right there with Dak or with Wentz when they were done beating Kansas City. They they really were. Um, After that three game win streak. Yeah, I got yeah, you. I got you. And it, it hasn't happened. It's been a rough month for the entire offense. Dak as well. Honestly, this is, sorry, go ahead. I want to throw this point out real quick about Wentz. Like you all these weapons that these guys have around them. These are these are guys that nobody really wanted. I mean, not I mean they they've kind of are somewhat cast offs. I mean, Torrey Smith wasn't a guy that was doing a lot of great things. Nelson Aguilar was almost a bust. And, and you know, and Alshon Jeffrey, they, they get moved on from him from Chicago. So I'm just saying he is making these guys play at, at, at a better level than they were playing before. But I think it's also a matter of how they've been cast. Like a, a guy like Torrey Smith, when he's asked to come in and be a third receiver versus being a number one receiver in Baltimore, maybe you get a lot more out of him playing that role than being the number one guy, right? This whole thing is really boring to me because it's like you're trying to ask me like how the movie's going to end after 10 minutes. Like what like it's way too early to try to have these type of blanket conversations. Like it's fun for fans. I think it's boring and lazy to try to dictate this argument after a season and a half. Like Makes sense. give me give me some time. All right, give, give them some time. We appreciate time. you joining us guys. We'll be back tomorrow. Tomorrow we'll get you ready for the game. We'll talk about the uh, the Chargers defense and we'll also give you our predictions for the game. Till then for Nick Eatman, Dave Hellman, Amber Garcia, I'm Derek Eagleton. This has been the break live on DallasCowboys.com. Radio. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How-